Luke and I are here today, joined by Ryan Wing, creator of The October Ghost versus The League of Horror, which is a, uh, a graphic novel currently on Kickstarter. Is that correct? That is correct. What can you tell us about The October Ghost? Uh, funny. <laughs> I've been working with the character for uh, several years. The October Ghost is uh, my sort of homage to pulp uh, action heroes, mm-hmm. combined with a bit of Silver Age uh, wackiness. I love uh, characters like the Shadow, the Phantom for that era, but I also love bizarre antics like the Flash would do. He'd be uh-huh. running around his normal day, and then next you know, of course, there are aliens and robots and uh, you know monsters. That's just what you're gonna have. Yeah, right. So, uh, so I came up with the character uh, years back, sort of counterintuitive to everything going really dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. I like kind of whimsical to satire. Yeah, right. Uh, sort of flavor of the tick tied to it. And so, but it was now six years ago, I think. Yeah, wow. yeah, 2010. I did my first initial little serial strip with the October Ghost, and since then, I've been doing small, you know, one-page to eight-page stories in different periodicals I've done, mm-hmm. and just hitting the point where I just wanted to do a full-on graphic novel with the character and uh, get a full story and build out the rest of the world. Yeah, awesome. So you've, I've seen, uh, you've got, uh, you, so it's kind of more um, short stuff you've done with him in the past is that right like correct of... that is correct yeah so I, the it's up on your website unexpectedpress.com you've got um yep a bunch of the stuff all the pages done. i've done are are set up there so if anyone wants to go take a look every page i've put out so far is is right on the site yeah they're really cool when, uh, when you said like it remind that uh, it's sort of influenced from phantom when i was looking at what you've got up there that's what i sort of had in my head it reminds mm. me so much of the phantom which is just awesome because i remember <laughs> getting a newspaper all the time yeah <laughs> and you see that bits and pieces mm-hmm. and i don't know why so it's good that that's actually easier influence because that's what i get out of it <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> they're lining things up right then it's good to hear yeah. i say um, i'm also influenced by uh, the old you know saturday morning serial strips and everything as well so between the old movie serials the serial strips kind of the uh, broken apart storytelling it's just enjoyable that it can jump from one thing to another without needing to really make sense and just embracing that yeah 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 there was actually the the little story arc in there about um uh, Bible Belt and and uh, Esperanto. Esper- yes, that was really clever because it's, it's clever. I liked it because there's a bit more going on to it than you, like yeah. it, it is like you know fun and whimsical and stuff like that. But it's also I don't know. There's like there's, there's a bit more to it than that. I liked it. Cheers. Yeah, my friend Seth uh, Desjardins wrote that piece. We've been collaborating for a while, and he wanted to take his get his hands on the character. And I said, all right, let's do it. And he he knows the tone that I'm going for, and mm-hmm. I think he nailed that out of the park with that one. Yeah, it's really cool. The League of Horror, I mean, I don't you want to give away any spoilers or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a good time of year to be launching that kind of story. Um, Precisely. With the name October Ghost, I think I had to pick this month to really launch things. <laughs> with the horror, it, it just needed to happen. I, you know, In April or May, it just seems awkward at that point. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What first drew you to, to comics, like to, to the format, I guess? Like, sure, yeah. sure. Um, again, all of the intro was off of... Uh, strip comics on the weekends you know you get the paper coming in through then i grew up in the 80s where we were marketed everything so mm. gi joe <laughs> yeah, spider-man right. every every licensed character had a cartoon mm-hmm. and then you know first time i go to the drugstore i'm like well look at that there's a, a whole rack of them here mm-hmm. and uh, i started picking them up at that point and, and diving headlong into them and it wasn't long before i you know found neighbors homes and flea markets where they had you know cheap torn off cover bins of uh you know tales of the unexpected mm-hmm. uh old creepy and eerie books out there that really drew me in. I've been a big monster fan for a long time. Cool. Even before that, I had a lot of classic illustrated books where I'd have like Poe and Dracula. So in my mind, learning how to read and having the images there were 
just just part of my development. And you're in a good setting up there in in Maine for this kind of story too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ties up well, you know, sharing the homestead of Stephen King. You know, he grew yeah. up pretty much uh, within 20 minutes of where he grew up. It's a uh, it's it's a kind of a beautiful place, especially this time of year, to tap into that feeling, which I'm heavily emulating in the comic, especially with the, the color palette. If you've been following the Kickstarter at all, mm-hmm. just working the very autumnal oranges and reds and and some pops of white. That's awesome. Yeah, we were up. We actually went up because obviously I'm from Australia, but uh, I've always wanted to go to Maine, so we drove up the other week. And yeah, it's really beautiful oh, up there. Nice. Yeah, nice. Where, where did you head out up through northern Maine, or just kind of stay along no, the coast? No, we're, we're Portland. Uh, yeah, because um, I, I'd love to. Like, I want to see everything, so <laughs> we will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, it is really beautiful up there. Like, uh, completely different to you know the kind of uh, you know Australia. Completely different. Yeah. Like, so, well, you got some good things going on too. I'd love to do oh, a yeah. trip out to Australia sometime. You should. <laughs> you there, there's nothing sure. here. <laughs> there's nothing well, well, here. between Just... point A and point B, you know, you know, who'd <laughs> want to go see scenic Canberra? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Luke's hometown. Yeah, that's where I am right now. There's no way. Nothing no. Here. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's quiet and peaceful, and that's how he likes it. I love it. I love it. There are no people anywhere. It's great. <laughs> Cheers to that then. <laughs> so how long has the Kickstarter been running now? Um, it's only been going for since last Thursday and we've got up to uh, 83% or maybe yeah, 86% doing awesome. funded. Right that, off the bat, wow. I have an incredible, incredible following of uh, fans and friends from over the years I've gathered. So wonderful start right off the bat. And again, this is my first Kickstarter. So mm. I've been reaching out to different friends like a uh, Joe Schmalky, Ben Bishop, and a few others to see you know, what, what do I got to do? What do I got to look for? What are trip hazards that no one tells you about? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been a lot of good information about that. One fun one I learned about is um, high ticket items, I guess you could say, for, for awards. Watch out for those. Like they're good to have because you can uh, earn some you know, sponsorship that way. Mm. But those are also the first to have someone back out of. Oh, right. <laughs> of course. Someone's like, yes, I love your project. Then you know, rent comes around. They're like, uh, not, not, not this time around. So, yeah. Yeah, Kickstarter's so rough. Like it, it is, it is. It's a, there's a lot of psychology behind it yeah. and you get flooded the first time you launch with marketing campaign, people coming oh, yeah. in going, Let, yeah, the whole funding, like they'll sponsor you. And yeah, it's like you're pretty much buying a loan from them to jack up your, your site to make it look like you're doing well. And it's, it's a uh, pretty disingenuous yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So, I prefer, I'd rather fail uh, with people I know than go that route. <laughs> yeah, than have fake numbers on there. Yeah, Pre- Precisely. Well, yeah. you probably just got another email because your dumb just been up one more. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I just backed it. Oh, cheers, man. <laughs> I'm addicted to Kickstarter. It's a problem I have, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> I'm right with you. Actually, I stopped buying regular monthly comics. I mean, for being a comic for a long time about... Wow, pushing almost two years now, and I've been only going directly through whether it's shows or Kickstarter mm. because I love the individuals' voices coming through on these projects versus you know uh, major corporations, you know your DC or Marvels and stuff. I've kind of faded out of us more dark horse and IDW, yeah, sure. and they still put out great books. But seeing all the unique uh, perspectives, the packaging, the art that's coming out through Kickstarter, there's so much more energy there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes think, you just need that fresh look, not that mainstream approach, just something yeah. different, which just stands out. Yep, precisely. Yeah, like there's a lot of really creative, cool stuff. It's it's rough, but it's also like incredible. People can actually support you in doing what you want rather than having, whether it's keeping it safe or keeping it commercial or whatever it is that the big <laughs> companies want to do. You don't have to do any of that. It's great. 
Exactly. And I've been doing self-publishing for, for years. Um, a couple of friends and I had this one company called uh, APNP Comics, which is a Amalgamated Publishing and Pharmaceuticals, just for kind of a quirky <laughs> kind of spin on it. And uh, yeah. we were just putting out our own books. We started out by doing zines uh, formats. And then we said, you know, we could probably find someone just to publish it, uh, just to print it. And then we mm. reached out to a couple of companies and started printing them. And it's so easy now to make your own comic right. compared to early on, even in the 90s when uh, digital stuff was just starting to, to kick off. Mm. It was impossible. You had to go find a printer and the costs were insane. So you had to kind of rely on putting out to a publisher. But at this point, just re- go directly to a printer anywhere in the world, get your stuff, your files ready, and then they send it right off to you and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, because and then you've got things like Comixology and uh, and mm-hmm. I mean even just you know the com- there's a million comic book readers for like iPad and Android and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like- yeah. So the a- the access to the stories is is ridiculously easy. So I'm kind of curious on how comic shops can keep keep going. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think they're 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 writing the coattails right now of uh, mm. licensed properties in movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of their lifeblood. So I'm kind of nervous. I've I just want to see more of a crossover with like an actual bookstore. Yeah, I read a, an interesting Popular. post on Reddit by a guy who apparently like, he wouldn't give his name or anything, obviously, but he said he worked for DC because if someone was like, why do they keep rebooting like everything? Why is everything issue one? Why are you everything uh-huh. always restarting? And he said, well, they got to now. Like, There's no way to, you know, like no one's going to join or jump onto the story at issue 300 and something. <laughs> so, and but they got all these films coming out. And so they're like, Oh man, we got to start at number one again. So that like yep. all the, yeah, people could jump on. I mean, every industry I guess is changing, but it's very, very apparent in the comic industry where like you said, like a new movie comes out, then all right, here's the new number one of an issue and yeah. make sure the character looks like the actor. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they've rebooted like Harley Quinn like, a few years yes. ago, got rebooted and now they're rebooting it again. I know. <laughs> I mean, and it makes sense because they want her to look like Margot Robbie now, but. <laughs> yep. Well, you got you to sell the t shirts. So, I mean, it's going to line up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you got some cool rewards going on here on the Kickstarter, too. Do you want to run through those for our listeners? They can hear what they, uh, what they can pick up. I have a few of them um, out and about. Again, I try to keep it pretty simple and streamlined versus going too big with a, a lot of rewards since my first time out, making sure I can manage anything that comes through. So, your basic. Uh, digital download, your your PDF and CBZ file is uh, your intro reward. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you work up through to the 96-page uh, book that I'm putting together, the, the October Ghost versus the, the League of Horror. Mm-hmm. And then from there on out, it starts stepping up through to going to a, a unique print that I'll have out for this Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, a one-off T-shirt that I'm making for Kickstarter only. I also silkscreen my own shirts uh, at home, so oh, I'm wow, used cool. to selling those at show. So, you know, bust out my own designs. I'm currently down in my basement studio right now, and that's you can see all my printmaking stuff set up. So they're super unique. Yeah, it's, I do a lot of a DIY approach. Um, it's pretty big. Um, if you're over here in Portland, the indie art scene is pretty massive, so it's easy to access any materials you need. So Cool. And I, and I appreciate that approach. So I run with those. Then one new piece I'm doing is usually I don't sell off comic pages, but for this book, I'm going to I have the list of, you know, get the book and also get a page of art yeah. from the book in order of, you know, whoever bids first, you know, gets the first pick after I finish everything, I'll end up sending out a PDF and they can choose which page they want and I'll oh, sign wow. it on. And like the original? Yep, the original artwork. Yep. Wow. And I work and I work for um, for paper and pencil and ink right at the work desk. I end up doing colors digitally, yeah. but everything else I do, I do right by hand. Okay, I was going to ask that. So you don't do any digital stuff? Well, you, I mean, it, it becomes digital at some point. Yep, 
Yep, scan in. I do color at that point, but uh, all the rest of it's the traditional approach. That's Even cool. lettering, I do. I uh, work by hand. One of my uh, good friends, uh, Rick Parker, who did lettering for comics for ages at Marvel. Mm. Um, one day, I said, "All right, I need to learn how to do this," and he sent me endless information on how to start learning how to use an Ames guide, rulers, how to file down your your quill nib to do inking on the letters. Oh so wow! It's a uh, it's sort of a neat tradition that I would like to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. And it has a, a fun feel to it as well, where you can tell that it's the person's personalities in the letters. Yeah. So I'm working on still honing it now to make it more legible as I keep working along. But it's it's going great. That's awesome. Like, again, uh, kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are the basic rewards we have in place. I did end up putting up the other day, uh, my wife makes this sweet little cross-stitch October ghost. Um, <laughs> that she that. Out. so we said alright we'll do a few of those as well because those end up selling these shows too so put those together and then also added a, a bundle pack of books just saying hey you know what I've got piles of my older issues all together so group those up and one of them does have the like zine first appearance of October Ghost in it which I think I only have two copies of I know of around so I said no that'd be fun to put out too so that's one of my the higher end ones but the rest mm-hmm. is all manageable the commission tiers um, doing great so. cool it's a, it's, it's a wonderful first experience, I got to say, for, for Kickstarter for me. I think it's having the foundation of lots of questions asked yeah, <laughs> to right. other people who've done it really helped. Really, really helped. Have you got any shows or anything coming up, like uh, appearances and I that do. kind of thing? Um, actually, um, not sure when this airs, but this coming weekend, the 28th, 29th, up in Bangor, Maine, mm-hmm. is the Bangor Horror Festival. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Right. Incredible. Tony Todd's going to be there. Um uh, is it, who else can be there? The, the, the car from Christine and most of the cast is going to be there. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, it, it's a sweet, sweet show. Um, and it's, uh, it's the second year in a row it's been going and they really ramped it for this year. And originally I wasn't sure it was going to make it, but uh, things worked out. So the first night's a, a drink and draw on Friday night and then a full day of just awesome horror and comics in the center of, in the town of Stephen King. So Man, you can't really ask for much more than that this time of year. Can't <laughs> you get all the cool stuff. I have to see if I can drive <laughs> back up. I didn't know. I didn't know about that. That's awesome. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. I uh, check out the site. Um, I'll shoot some links on my site too. Chris McMillan, this guy who runs the show. Trust him completely. I've been to some shows where it's been kind of shady. His mm. heart and uh, energies are all focused on every show he does and really tries to make it work for anyone who attends. It's an incredible show. Awesome. That sounds really so cool. So I'll be there uh, pushing my wares, really pumping the Kickstarter, probably doing a lot of commissions is a big focus. I'll be there all day on Saturday and then um, then uh, back back to the grind after that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys get into? Uh, what's your what's your big thing right now? <sighs> See, well, my, my big thing <laughs> right now is all my stuff's <laughs> arriving. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I haven't had a lot of free time. <laughs> Yeah, precisely. Again, with my uh, one month old, it's uh, I'm working in unique hours where I'll um, be up at you know two in the morning, three in the morning. Mm. Uh, finally, get him back to bed after a bit. Work for an hour, hour and a half on the project, and yeah, wow. Then my four and a half year old gets up, get him to school, and I've come up with a lot of really great creative ways to work on on this project. So, yeah. so one day I have a full day to do something, it'll blow my mind. I'll I'll get so much done. It'll be amazing. <laughs> or you end up getting nothing done because you've got so much time. You will just put it off for that couple of minutes and it turns <laughs> yeah, into yeah. hours. Why <laughs> <laughs> exactly. do it now when I can procrastinate to do it later? It'll be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but again, getting very excited again for the Halloween season. Um, do you yeah. guys have any classic go-to horror movies you jump into for this time of year? Well, we just did, uh, We my, my wife and I do a podcast called Necronomenon where we talk about 
uh, horror movies. We just did Pumpkinhead because nice. we wanted to yep. talk about because um, there's so much tradition at Halloween. Like, I, I mean, it's such an underrated film. I mean, in the oh, in the horror community, like, I, I mean, tell so. people you can recognize it, but it, it's a great film. Yeah, it's got. I mean, if anything, Lance, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think the weakest parts of it are the horror parts, but it's got all this yeah. other stuff going on that makes it really interesting. I think. It has that folksy mythology tied to it all that's just brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and because we were talking about, I mean, Halloween here compared to Australia, uh, in the last, I don't know, like five years, people kind of do Halloween in Australia and you can you can kind of find pumpkins to carve, but yeah. you've got to get in quick. There's like 10 of them uh, at the grocery <laughs> store and then they're gone and then they, they, they rot almost instantly because it's, it's a different time of year. So it's, it's not the same. And this is my first one here. And already, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's what, like kind of late october now but uh, but mm-hmm. it's just it's way cooler like it's it's just way more of a thing here obviously oh yeah like it's a super cool time of year i'm pretty excited for for actual halloween you know like the, the 31st yeah it's always fun to go through the uh the catalog of what what movies you haven't seen for a while and i grew up on you know saturday afternoon and late night movies of universal horror and, and hammer stuff oh so cool those are i love always my go-to creature from the black lagoon um, one of the best makeups ever is yeah I, I don't know why we watched it like fairly recently and uh it's i mean i i think it holds up i'm i'm <laughs> i'd be interested to, to show it to someone who's never seen it before to see mm-hmm. what they think because i'm i'm <laughs> i'm kind of biased with a lot of those things i think a lot of those movies hold up when maybe they don't i don't know yeah precisely i'm the same way too like the the enjoyment of a kid i remember the first time i saw the creature of the black lagoon was on like you know, a, a standard CBS channel on Saturday afternoon, and they were like Leonard Maltin introduced it, and they were talking about how it was recorded in 3D. And he said, "All right, everyone, get you know behind your aquarium to watch this movie." And I assisted <laughs> my grandmother, got like several glasses and filled them with water to put in front of me, so I watched most of it through those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I bought in quick. They didn't have to do much to to capture my attention. Yeah. Oh, they did a lot of crazy stuff. Oh yeah, with the horror movies in the old days, like the Shocker, where they had the was it Shocker with Vincent Price with the they had they zapped the Tingler. People. Oh, the Tingler was yeah, it? The Tingler, yeah. yeah, yeah. They zapped people in the chairs. I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then uh, House on Haunted Hill, they had like the skeletons and the, the skeleton, the up drop down through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant stuff. I love those theatrics. <laughs> I, was, I, was I mean, the... William Castle, he he owned those. I mean, he was he yeah. knew how to make a show. Not that it was a great movie, but a really good show. Yeah, right. I wish they still did stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I've heard a couple of things where they're talking about doing the more immersive type of movies. You know, like you go to like Universal Studios and you do the rides where you, mm-hmm. you pretty much sit there and you get shifted and thrown around and air is blown on you and everything. Yeah. Um, just to get people going back into the theater. I mean, the 3D's kind of made a comeback again, yeah. too, but I think they need one more one more piece to kind of pull it in. Mm. Smell-o-vision. The- Smelling precisely smell. <laughs> Let it all seep through the vents. <laughs> and actually, I heard that from the Universal Studios um, horror horror nights. They did the was the Halloween two that they did. Was it this year? Was it last? I think it's this year mm. where they did that. Where it's the immersive maze. You go through. You get to you know, see Michael Myers run around as the hospital. Oh yeah. You're walking through the giant skull or pumpkin at the beginning, oh, and wow. they pump in pumpkin smell through the whole thing. So sense has become a big piece of that. Huh, that's really cool, actually. Which just sounds amazing. Like I love to walk <laughs> through the giant skull pumpkin with with just the smell of it scattered yeah. through that. But that's I, I I'd love to see theaters. You know, of course, it'll be like one per state, whatever, have something like that. But it would be 
be fun to see. That's it. I'm I'm coming to America next Halloween. You should, man. You you got to. I mean, seriously. We're going to um, the Bangor Fest. It'll be great. We're going to yep. Six Flags this weekend, I think, because uh, they have like a, a Halloween themed event. There's there's some in. And yep. if you go up to uh, the Gold Coast, Luke, uh, to yep. like Movie World in the Gold, Coast, it's kind of like I guess the, the Australian equivalent of Six Flags. It's Warner Brothers, and they do. Uh, and in the last over the last few years, they do fright nights, which is like, uh, I guess you, you guys like here they they have them every year. You know the mazes and stuff that they do at Halloween, like the the kind of haunted house mazes. Mm, we don't really have them here yet. No, well, they're slowly starting to take off in Australia, but yeah. But if you head up to uh, up to Movie World, because Halloween's not that big here. No, <laughs> people try to bring it in every now and again, and it just it just flounders. When I was yes. a kid, when I was a kid, I I loved the idea of it because we would see it on TV, right? Because uh, we we're exposed to you know all the same films and everything, everything else. And I was yeah. like, man, Halloween looks awesome. And then so I would dress up and I'd go door to door because I, I grew up in a little town in Western Sydney. Yeah. That little town. It's not a little town anymore. <laughs> it was when I was a kid. <laughs> People who live in Penrith are like, little town? I'm like, no, it was when I was a kid. Um, and yeah, we would go knocking door to door and and then people would be like, um, that's an American tradition. Go away. And, yeah. Like, brutal. Ouch. Yeah. No, no candy. No candy. For would you. it even humor you at all? It's just, no, go away. Yeah. No. No child. Be gone. So, and, you, and your costume sucks. Well, that's true. It did suck. I, one year. <laughs> it was a paper bag with the word robot written on the front. Yeah, no, I went as. I, I remember I went as the Terminator one year. I just, like, put on some sunglasses. Sunglasses. I'm the Terminator. <laughs> Give me candy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I knew that it wasn't worth going to too much effort. It wasn't to be appreciated. But no, it's it's more and more, uh, it, you know, from what I've und- from what I've seen over the last few years. Like I said, I'm not a kid anymore. But I mean, kids trick or treat over there now, and um, people try and get into it. But again, a lot of the stuff that's that's kind of uh, iconic doesn't really work in Australia because it's <laughs> it's not cold, <laughs> and it's uh, uh, yeah, it's a completely different cro- climate, and you can't get pumpkins carving pumpkins exactly. So, so why bother have it? Just cancel it. <laughs> what are you watching this Halloween, Luke? I haven't actually thought about it. <laughs> Here's your chance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. I might actually go back and watch Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. I've been watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. Man, that's so yep. good. But I actually yeah, want to go a back. lot of fun. I don't know if I should try and show my wife it, though. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't do well with horror. I've, and My one experience watching a horror film with her leads me to believe you should not show her Ash vs. Evil Dead. <laughs> One of my first dates with my, my wife was to see 30 Days of Night in the theater. Oh, wow. I, did, I didn't know she was terrified of horror movies. Right. Because <laughs> I, you know, I grew up, I remember like age five watching The Exorcist and yeah. everything. I just, I grew up watching, you know, back to back The Shining, then Pete's Dragon. You know, oh, yeah. With, without, <laughs> without skipping a beat, you know. Yeah, that's So similar. the first date, yeah, so first day we go to one of the first days we go to see Thirty Days of Night. You know, I'm like, oh, sweet, Niles Templesmith's up on screen is brilliant, mm-hmm. and we're watching <laughs> it. And about halfway through the movie, she goes, "I I have to go home and walk my dog." <laughs> <laughs> so, at kind of that point, I said, "Okay, I I I, I see where the gauge is here." <laughs> yeah, dial it <laughs> back a I bit. <laughs> yeah, and, and those vampires in Thirty Days of Night are wonderful. I mean, they're pretty much just 
human sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that about it. It had a different style. They're like, but they're, yeah, they are, they're very um, intense. Like, uh, the, the, the movie, I think, uh, it's, I guess, underrated. I like it, the movie. I enjoy it. I do. It's 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 not as I think the ending kind of kind of wobbles, but the rest of it is is very tight. Yeah, like visually, there's some like awesome stuff, like the the shots, you know, over the over the village or the town yeah. kind of thing. That sequence with the vampires, or like killing everyone. Yeah, it's got some cool stuff in it. Definitely. So you you had the same kind of childhood upbringing where I remember renting on Laserdisc. You know, I'd get um, Search for Spock and then Halloween Two. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and pair those. <laughs> yeah. Like that's kind of how it went. Or. Uh, yeah, it's all over the place. Or Amityville Horror coupled with Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Labyrinth was a go-to for me. Yes. Um, plus uh, Evil Dead. And uh, I actually, uh, when I where I grew up, I had a good friend up the road, obviously. Uh, and, you know, as you do when you're a kid, <laughs> your friends yeah. all live in your neighborhood. <laughs> and, um, exactly. You get you on your bike, you'll find it. Yeah. And so I took uh, my copy of Labyrinth that I'd rented um, on VHS and then a copy of Evil Dead that I'd rented on <laughs> on VHS uh, left them up there by mistake and his younger brother ended up watch like putting Evil Dead on uh, <laughs> and his mother walked in and uh, so the next time I came around <laughs> she said do not bring around any videos ever again <laughs> I was like oh alright then fine they're fine <laughs> banned <laughs> but yeah Evil Dead is one of my favorites actually that's why I'm glad Ash vs. Evil Dead is is happening and it is so good. Although, man, this it season, is. it's gotten crazy. I can't believe they're yeah. Well, I was gonna say allowed, but I'm yeah, I've been given the money to make this show. Yeah, I was curious if they'd make it to a, a second season because you know how these shows go. If they do it really <laughs> right, then someone has to step in and try to make it better <laughs> in quotation marks and usually messes it up. So yeah, it, it's it's brilliant. It seemed continue. like the the way they ended season one was kind of like ah, uh, we might get canceled. We don't know if we get <laughs> any more money for this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, one foot out the door just in case. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like because then you, I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time that ended, in my opinion, poorly was um, Carnival. Have you ever seen that? Carnival. Yep. I was gonna say yes. I'm right with you. Because that was that was painful. Yeah, and painful not only that, because time. apparently they they shot, or no, they scripted uh, an ending that would be an ending, and then you know, yeah. <laughs> so if they got canceled, they could shoot that, and then it would be like, all right, it's finished. But then they were told, no, 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 it's fine. You know, picked up for another season, rah, rah, shot this ending. And then it was like, nah, actually, you are cancelled. Yeah, it's the worst <laughs> when that happens. And so, but, oh, God, that show is so good. And then, but yes. <laughs> apparently he wrote six uh, outlines for six novels. Uh, really? Yeah, the, the guy. Continuing, wrote, continuing on the story? Yeah, but, uh, you know, the rights are with uh, HBO. HBO. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah. apparently he can't do anything with it right now. Come on. <laughs> I know, not right? not do anything. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Interesting time for television as well with HBO. And Westworld. Westworld's really good too. Yeah. No, I mean, all the shows that are coming out through, have you, uh, have you seen the new Exorcist series that's out? No, I've heard about it. I heard it's really good. Oh, my God. Yes, I haven't it even is. heard about it. Shock- shocking. Cause you, you hear like, oh, Fox is going to be putting out The Exorcist. You're like... Uh, all right, let's. They're probably going to rehash the movie, and it it moves right past the movie. It references it a bit here and there, but it's its own thing. And oh my god, it is intense. Really, it, it's it's a great great show. Yeah, I'll have to see if we have. It very impressed by whatever this TV thing we have here is. And I'll try work out how to get it in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I know how you can get it, Luke, but I'm not going to say it on the show. <laughs> no, they <I> drove by. <laughs> Sadly, it's the, the only way to get a bunch of things in Australia. They often say, like, Australia's got the highest um, numbers for piracy and all that kind of thing. There's a reason for it. Like, well, don't that's, judge that's, us. Yeah. We want to watch it. Yeah. We want to watch stuff too. You say if it gets released there, you'll gladly do it. But no, nothing. Yeah. No, we often said that on yeah. the show. Like, if you make things available in Australia, people will probably buy them. Yep. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm all I'm saying. Take my money. Yeah, here it is. My money's sitting on the table. Please yeah. take yep. it. What's that? No, region locked to the United States. All right. I guess I'll. Okay. I guess I'll obtain it by nefarious means. Take matters into my own hands. Yeah. No, it sucks though. Because uh, the other thing, too, I mean, eventually, and then yeah, we do get them on DVD and stuff eventually. But um, by that time, yeah. you know, everyone's already spoiled the hype's it for gone, you. No one's <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Yep. The show's been cancelled at that point. <laughs> Four seasons yeah. in, you're like, oh, great. Yeah. The same things that make the shows so kind of intense and, uh, you know, like it, and interesting for people ruin it for Australians if they can't see it. <laughs> I noticed like, the weird trend now with, um, like every show they do it, but they they live tweet spoilers kind of yeah. as the show is on. And I'm like, oh man, like I, I get why, because it's, it's huge for marketing and stuff. Like Walking Dead did it the other Precise. day. Like, yeah. Uh, and I noticed Marvel tweets Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they'll just post like, like it's a, it's a spoiler. It's a huge spoiler. It's if spoilers, you seen yeah. It. Yeah. So like. It's like one step away of just like copying and pasting the script as they go along. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Out there. It's intense. I, I, I. I know why they do it. It's the same reason they keep rebooting the comics. It's because they're trying yep, to keep people... Try, try to pull people in, yep, get yeah. ratings and, and sales, keep going for, for commercials. But, uh, yeah. No, it's hard. I've had so many friends, you know, especially Walking Dead is obviously the, probably the biggest example. Mm. Every time I see a new episode come out, I I see I have my friends going, okay, I've unfriended, you know, 20 people due to them spoiling stuff. Yeah. Just rolling through things. Like, how hard is it to be like, you know what, just watch. You know, by the time this next episode comes around, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Wait a week. It's not, not life or death. No one's life is that that crucial. Where you gotta, yeah, I you know, know. Actually, uh, get that out there. Kind of scares me off social media whenever something I want to watch is like Game of Thrones is a big yeah. is a good example. I think oh, that, that's one. Yes, of, exactly. <laughs> especially that was a, that was a big one where they were saying, oh, you know, we Australia leads the world in piracy. It's like, well, it, it's not available, and you guys keep ruining it. <laughs> so, and I don't want any spoilers in Game of Thrones. I'm going to watch season two one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I we gave up because, uh, like, I mean, again, I'm not condoning piracy. It's, it sucks, <laughs> but but like, if you want to participate in that kind of cultural phenomenon, like, yeah, you're gonna have to cut. Yeah, it needs to be available for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all taking sips of everything. I just, I just pounded a little more coffee. Heard some bottles yeah, dropping. I haven't had any coffee yet, actually. I should do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. I'm, uh, yes, you should. I'm the one probably with the bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're drinking gin? It's late at night. I'm allowed to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the weird uh, things that happens on, on our show normally now is either one or two of us are drinking coffee and the other one's drinking, you know, like a cocktail or something. <laughs> No matter what time of day it is, it's always me drinking the cocktail. Yeah, fair point. You drinking gin? I assume. Yes. Yeah. Gin. Good. <laughs> yeah. We talked a little bit about uh, Kickstarter. Are there, what's some some of your favorite Kickstarters? Is there anything running right now that you've got your eye on? Um, um the big one I'm pushing against my friend Joe. Um, oh he yeah. Had on this is horror Babylon. He just got funded last night. I saw that. Um, just hit the hundred percent mark, and I was so excited for him because. He's a uh, was sweating it near the end, and you got three days left to go, and and a long long ways to hit that point. Yeah, kind of relaxed now, and, and uh, <coughs> yep. 
and kind of ride it out. Yeah. You can sleep at night and then uh, start pushing a little bit more for that. Mm-hmm. So that one's really exciting. Um, my friend's, uh, uh, Sean French <clears throat> launches his book next week on Kickstarter, which is uh, Escape from Jesus Island. Oh, wow. That's going to be out there, which is a really fun, uh, it's a collection of the issues they put out. So it's um, a little graphic novel, uh-huh. wonderful, bizarre horror story of uh, people trying to clone Jesus and the fallout of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> and the, more than the specific zombie horrific monster. All right, you have my attention. Fallout of what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I might have to keep an eye out for that. <laughs> next week they're launching that. Yes, next week. I, I apologize, I have the date in front of me, but we. No, it's that's right. one of those things where I, there's a small crew of us here in Maine who are all support say, each other and work our books, and we just happen to have like almost like lined up back to back to back Kickstarter. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we're all pushing each other for this. <laughs> I was gonna say, it seems like you have a really good community up there. Like uh, we have a great community here. Yeah, yeah, like, mm. like uh, horror comics, <laughs> like yeah, specifically. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's you know it's what we do best. So <laughs> it gets dark in the wintertime here. You know it's not much to do. So you just that's true. Grind that's it true. and go with it. Yeah, it's it gets a lot colder outside here than it does in Australia. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> I can see why people uh, like because someone says, oh yeah, you actually just kind of get trapped indoors for like months at a time. Like what? That's <laughs> no, yeah. pretty cold <laughs> and dark. Yeah, cold, dark, tons of snow for a while. So oppressing. <laughs> just seeing that much white, you're like, oh. Oh god! Oh, I'm excited about it for shine. now. The... It does hit that point. <laughs> eventually, I'll learn to hate it. I think, but uh, for now, I'm... yeah, eventually, in time, in due time. <laughs> better than the, um, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how to do Fahrenheit. Better than the, I prefer that to the um, the forty degree mm-hmm. days in uh, in Sydney in summer. So what's that in Fahrenheit? Forty. Yeah, it's high nineties, maybe hundred. Yeah. yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it gets warm. <laughs> it's very, very warm. <laughs> Here it gets cold. But no, we um, have a really great crew of um, you know uh, indie comic makers in Maine, in Portland area, but all the way up through to Bangor too. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a good you know ten of us that circle shows with each other, and uh, we've done our own little drink and draws in town every now and then, or just go and get wings together. Oh, cool! <laughs> just <laughs> no. try to stay, stay stay abreast of things, you know. Yeah. Talk, you know the the actual importance of Fright Night Two, random stuff like oh, that. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of important to us, you know, to really debate and get into. That's awesome. Uh, and work with that. And there's actually a lot of veteran artists uh, and true commercial artists that are in here for uh, for comic books. Uh, Lee Weeks, who did Daredevil for a run. Um, oh, yeah. Some G.I. Joe stuff. Uh, my friend Rick Parker, who I said did lettering for, for Spider-Man. You know, you know, the classic Spider-Man number one with McFarlane. He did all the lettering and all the spiders and all that. So, oh, cool. Oh, um, wow. It's Fort, really Fort happening Todd. up there. Yeah. It really, he was the editor for Crack Magazine for years. Um, his illustration for a charlton this neo charlton that's out now he lives in this town like it's there's tons of more scattered throughout here so this is a good uh rubbing of elbows of actual sort of i'd say celebs and uh the blue collar workers on this end so yeah right it's, it's a really good very celebs supportive. to people who 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 like the craft yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you uh, are you a, a physical comic guy or are you a digital comic guy? Do you have a do you have a preference, a stance, an opinion? Uh, I do both, so uh, I'm good with either. Sometimes it's availability; digital is the best way to go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm raised in in actual books, so I'm I'm leaning more towards really nice, well, high end collections 
is where I prefer. Like like the Hellboy Library editions. Those are like oh, yeah. the dream books. <laughs> if everything could come out that way, that'd be perfect. The hardcover ones? But, uh, that, yeah, 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 like this fabric, black cloth, gorgeous, slightly yeah, oversized print. I mean, yeah, Mignola's work just shines in all of those. And yeah. Duncan Fregato's. So at that point, that's where I where I go to. Plus, a lot of the books I'm backing on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. they're all standard OGNs, and they end up becoming you know hardcovers on their own. And yeah. just seeing the different book design that comes out. So I'm a, I have a you know fine arts degree, and that's where my passion kind of oh. lies. Is is seeing like really well crafted book design. Yeah, it's, you appreciate I love that it. aspect of it. Yeah, some yeah. nice spot varnish. You know, some different highlights. You know, the different weight papers. Like I am, I am a big enough nerd to really enjoy that stuff. So yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing digital can't do. But if if it's not going to be made that way, just go digital. Then I'm I'm fine with that. So you wouldn't you wouldn't not into like you know like a single issue kind of. I, I used to be, but it's been so long since because of the restarting stuff. The only things I was still buying um, issues for, which I ended up stopping, was you know Hellboy because well, Hellboy and Hell stops mm-hmm. VPRD. Yeah, picking up that's been forever. And then anything else I would get would start and stop and start and stop. So it just got frustrating. Yeah, of like I'm not going to keep seeing another team again reboot reboot. So I kind of lost heart in that mm-hmm. and just pick up older collections. I mean, I love the um, the was the DC put out the. Um, showcase collections of all the black and white books oh okay which is like like 300 to 500 pages of black and white reprints of phantom stranger house of secrets haunted tank doom patrol the weird weird bizarre stuff that usually doesn't get much love right and those i love going through because you get to see like artists like alfredo alcala uh, line work in the inks just pops there's no you know poorly printed colors laying on top of it yeah right so i, I go all over the place books so i go like really, really sort of those are kind of cheap end kind of pieces but you get to see raw black and white art too all the way to the high end like i said the hellboy library editions are just gorgeous yeah yeah and expensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is true yeah it's the uh yeah it's like running out and getting those to the comic store every week and say okay it's yeah. my birthday what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh sandman has has uh big hardcover ones Absolutely. like that too i think yeah, actually, I have looking across the shelf. I have the uh, absolute editions for the Sandman's. Yeah, right. Um, shelf, gorgeous. I mean, just for the artwork on that too. Yeah, <clears throat> being able to see on the the oversized print is brilliant. Is there a is this as a classic se- comic series that people might not have heard of that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, well, I'd say less. Um, the, I'd say the person I'm into right now. So it's not it, it's comics, but it's not like an older series is. Mm. Richard Sala. Um, okay. I don't know if you remember him. I got into him back in you know the 90s with uh, MTV had uh, Liquid Television, and he did a segment called 13 O'Clock. Okay. Uh, it's very uh, it's very monster esque um, sort of kitsch. So it has like axe murderers, but it's always has some female lead character who uh, is sort of like a waif heroine who's always taking out vampires and just weird sit- cults and just bizarre pulp kind of adventures, I'd say, mm-hmm. tied to it. Yeah. So his work is someone I would really push uh, out there. And he's been doing that, like I said, since the 90s, but it's not a really popular person. He works with uh, First Second Press, puts out books with them, and does a lot of self-published pieces. But that's really incredible. But if I were to dive back to look at oof, older stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm always, again, a fan of like House of secrets and house of mystery right. just because you get those classic bizarre twist o henry endings but uh-huh. they really turned a lot of incredible artists through there so they're always worth worth least skimming through all right cool 
I guess, where can people find more about you and your work more about, in general? Sure. Um, head over to unexpectedpress.com. And in there, you'll find links to everywhere where I am, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, blogging. Every uh, They keep coming up with new social medias every 12 months. So <laughs> whatever happens, I, I come on a, uh, gosh, hello. There's, there's, there's everything. I was dive in and kind of play around with each one to see what it has to offer yeah so I, i'm on most of them actively that's a different question yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're the same but that's that. yeah and then yeah. she comes down to like okay your facebook twitter and uh, instagram's you know leading the yeah leading the battle right now but yeah uh, unexpectedpress.com head there there's a link to kickstarter for the october goes versus the league of horror mm-hmm. and uh, i'd love you to come take a look and feel free to email me with any questions anyone has yeah did yeah. it have to be about this or no, I take any just... We're talking okay. about you know, craft brews. We're talking Halloween decorations, making your own plaster masks. Wherever you got to go, it's fine. Basic okay, home plumbing. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> we actually went to some. We went to some breweries uh, up there. We went to Allagash and yeah. to uh, Foundation. Uh, oh, Foundation! Great. Yep. Yeah, actually, I like the the Foundation uh, a lot. Uh, what's a beer I should try? Because we we're. Uh, with my wife and I, super into craft beers. We had like a lot of friends in the industry in Sydney, and now we're here, and we're like, "Come on, we need to get back into this." <laughs> well, one of the larger craft beers I, I'm a huge fan of that I always dive into. It's not from Portland, Maine, but Portland, Oregon is Rogue. Okay. Oh, right. I've, Rogue I've, Brewing. I think I've I love. Had have, one of those. They make. They actually, they put out a Hellboy Red Ale for a celebration of uh, his birthday because you know Mignola's over in Oregon as well too. Oh. But uh, yeah, Rogue Brewing. They do. Uh, phenomenal brews. They have a dead guy ale that's delicious. They have a is that the one with the little chocolate. the little skeleton guy? Yes, on the... they have the dead looking guy. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Usually that's that's a glow in the dark label on it too. So it's kind of fun to have a few of them lined up at night. So <laughs> yeah, we used to do a thing called uh, a friend of ours ran a thing called Beer Club. Um, yeah, everyone once a month, and he would get all the craft brewers in in Sydney or, or anywhere in Australia. And they would come along, and you would pay uh, twenty bucks and come in, and they mm-hmm. would just bring all of their new stuff, and and you just Drank beer and talked beer and got drunk. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so. No, we're really fortunate. Um, in the Portland area specifically, it seems like a new brewer opens up about every six months. Yeah. So it's nonstop. Like Oxbow, um, Allagash has been around for a while. Shipyard's been around for a while. Oh, yeah. Shipyard um, we went to as well. Yeah. Yep. That's great stuff. Um, in the town I'm from, about an hour north of. Uh, Portland is a Norway brewing company. They just opened up and are making some great uh, ales there too. So mm. it's every, pretty much, again, it's, it's Maine. It gets winter time. What are you going to do? You know, let's just, <laughs> let's just make some beer. So let's open a brewery. At this point. Yeah. Maybe I'll open one. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you just end up doing it. You don't mean to. Like, you, yeah. It's like me. It's, you, just, you end up growing a beard and brewing beer. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a beard already. I guess this is destiny. Halfway there. Halfway yeah. there. <laughs> cool. Oh, great. Oh right, well, yeah, we'll we'll share links to uh, to all of this for everybody, um, and mm. we'll try we'll get this up as soon as possible because um, you know we want to make sure we can direct people Give as much traffic to the Kickstarter yeah, as possible. Bad, yeah, yeah, push people up to the Bangor Fest up in Bangor, Maine. It's it's going to be a wonderful show. Mm-hmm. Everyone should hit up, come by, say hi to me. I'll be hanging out at the table and uh, eager to meet everyone. Cool. There's so many so many good like cons here there there are a lot of great shows and again this one's sort of the halfway show between the larger bangor show that happens um and the bangor comic toy convention and again a lot of uh horror people and uh other 
sort of media guests come through that as well. Yeah. It's always surprising who makes it up through here. I was, I was kind of shocked. Again, Tony Todd this weekend. Tony mm. Todd. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got because uh, we're in we're in Rhode Island. We got Rhode Island Comic Con coming up, and actually there's that's right some good guests at that too. Stan Lee's going to be there, and um and but yes. like uh, uh, Gal Gadot and Kate Beckinsale and all these like big celebrities. Like I'm like oh man, this stuff. <laughs> Rhode Island. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we had t- we had uh, two conventions in Sydney. Uh, well, mm-hmm. we had none <laughs> when I was growing up, and then. <laughs> And then we would have kind of the occasional um, comic toy and stamp collecting fair. <laughs> yes, I know what you. <laughs> and then so how about like a Legion Hall or a large gym? Exactly. Or... So we had those. Yeah. And then uh, and then there was a, a they started Supernova, which was like an attempt to kind of do the Comic Con kind of you know like larger convention in Sydney. <laughs> and they would get when it first started out, it was it was pretty pretty good because it was big, but they would get like like two people. Like, and it was like, it was celebrities, you were like, ah, oh, I guess I want to see them. <laughs> like, uh, but now, now we have, uh, what there's like, uh, we've got Oz Comic Con, uh, we've got Supernova still, we've got, um, uh, PAX. Hell, we is, even have a PAX now. Yeah, we have PAX down in Melbourne. Uh, yeah. it's, it's getting better and it's kind of cool now because, because there's so few of them, what they do is they try and get all of the celebrities at once. <laughs> kind of thing yeah exactly i mean just the flight to get out there i mean you just kind of mm. pull everyone in yeah so in a way because over here you've got like a lot of a lot of conventions and then and it works out fine because there's so many but you know most of the celebrities or people live here anyway and yeah. and they're around but it works out well in sydney because like they get they get them all at one time because they just book them all for the one yep. period oh and wrestling why is it with wrestling and all this stuff what, we have actually up at this show too wrestling always gets brought in why, why wrestling it's- I mean, I, I mean, wrestling's fine, but I'm like, what is yeah. the link there? It's always a surprise, but it, there always is because even after this Bangor show, there's a Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be there. <laughs> All right. other stuff, I'm like, sweet, get a big boa. But there's always a wrestling aspect in like a horror show, a comic yeah. show. I'm like, I get it. It's 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 fiction, so I follow. Yeah, it's I entertainment. It's kind of like fictional entertainment, so <clears throat> it wedges in there, but it's surprising. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So check out uh, check out the October Ghost versus League of Horror on Kickstarter. Uh, unexpectedpress.com and um, and yeah uh, send your weird questions to Ryan Wing <laughs> please do please do <laughs> cheers well thank you very much guys it was great talking with you yeah no, thanks, oh, thanks so much thanks for coming yeah, yeah it's great <clears throat> this interview and multiple <clears throat> no- Luke this interview oh, you, you got I wanted to cough yeah I know I'm sorry I made you jealous this interview and multiple nerdgasm in general is brought to you by Public. Tee Public is a really cool T-shirt and apparel store. Actually, this well, you know what? What do I call these? What? what are, well, they're not, they're not really T-shirts and apparel. They sell like notebooks and phone cases and shit too. What? Are, what is this store? How would you describe this store, Luke? They sell cool shit. They sell cool shit. Yep. And yep. They also sell our merch. Oh, phone cases. Yeah, they <laughs> phone cases. Is this the first time you've looked at this? No, no, it's the first time I've I've looked at. Anything apart from the apparel. Okay, cool. Yeah, they got uh, notebooks, mugs, cases, uh, wall art. You can buy prints of all the of the designs on there, and they've got our merch as well. So, if you'd like to dress yourself in the trappings of multiple nerdgasm, you can head to multiplenerdgasm.com/slash/merch and check out our T Public store and check out some of their other other designs as well, such as these really cool Stranger Things designs. All the designs are done by independent designers, and. Uh, 
they are constructed and sent to you by T Public. I might go online and order one now to take where the packs. That's not a bad idea. Hmm. But yeah, and uh, yes, and and yeah, if you go to multiplenerdgasm.com slash merch, uh, like if you visit T Public via that link, uh, you help support this show and and our, our other shows, and we love you. I, I love you more. Are you talking to me or the listeners? The listeners. Out of out of the three of us on the podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, me, and Dan. Yeah, I love you the most. Me, you love me the most. I love the listeners the most. More than I was you. talking to the listeners. But you love me more than Dan. You, you, out, of the, out of the three of us, you love me the most, and and you also love the listeners the most. Is that right? Me and the listeners. Well, well, it goes listeners. Hmm. You, Matt. Listeners at the bottom. Yep. Dan. Then me, and then Dan at the top. Interesting. They know what I mean. 